0: I think we're going to win multiple gold medals uh, right. yeah, multiple gold Name medals. names Kelly Harrington is going to win gold Paula Donovan, one of the best rowers in the world and I would give us every chance of winning that OTB AM, weekdays from 7.30am Listen on the OTB Sports app Hello there, it is episode 14 of the Football Pod with Paddy and Andy The All-Ireland semi-finals are just a couple of days away and we're all very excited here on the podcast Paddy Andrews, Andy Moran, good afternoon, how are you doing?
1: All good, all good Getting excited now for for next week The hurling was great this weekend So hopefully the football lives up to it And I I definitely think it will
0: Yeah, the hurling was electric this weekend Especially that cork bench There's a lot of speed coming off the bench So I think we're going to get into the matchups a little later We're talking about Dublin and Mayo We're going to see how you're both feeling Andy Warren was definitely very passionate last week he was the superstar, we'll say. He had a couple of viral clips. Even went viral on TikTok, Paddy, I don't know if you saw that. I, I didn't tell Andy oh. this, but he did go viral TikTok's on TikTok's not
1: for me. Not yet,
0: anyway. No, no. So, uh, I'll fill you in on that. So, we'll see how Andy's feeling a little later about this game. And we're going to be talking a bit about Kerry Tyrone 2. We don't know whether or not it's going to go ahead. As we're recording, the Tyrone team are set to be all tested uh, for COVID-19. So, we do, do not know yet whether or not that second semi-final will go ahead this Sunday. But fear not if it gets cancelled or if some big news comes out later in the week, I think we can break the glass and record an emergency podcast. Have we all agreed on that? I might twist your arm later in the week. It's all right, so that's some
1: schedule there, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're starting throwing, off.
2: He's throwing new stuff into this contract every week. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah. We, we need agents.
1: We need an agent Andy. Andy is...
2: Murphy's training them well. Oh, stop.
0: Andy, were you watching the Hurling today or were you caught up with other business?
2: No, we were playing, we were playing today. We, we drew today and so, yeah, no, I didn't watch it, watch it last night. And uh, Limerick just have so many similarities to Paddy's Dublin, Um mm. split but, them in two. Yeah, split them it, in two. It's, it's actually, yeah. <laughs> he told us he never bought into this crack, but he, um, <laughs> he, he, um, ah, they're just so clinical. I, I, I thought they, they the way they just like. This is the danger I think all teams play in Dublin now is that you go so hard for 20 minutes and you, you have it in your psyche that we can't give them an edge in the first few minutes. But then all of a sudden your legs are gone, your energy is gone and Dublin just are so used to it then and can keep the ball. And to me, Limerick struck like that, like Waterford at some of the five minutes of the greatest bit of battle I've ever seen. Like without <laughs> 15, 7, 15, 8, then at time. And there was no way back. And it was, you were just thinking, how did Limerick just do that? And we've watched Dublin doing it for years in football. And it's very, uh, I think it's very undervalued, the way they just are so used to their system. So, um, I, I suppose, strong in their principles of play, how they bring it out left. It's a, a coat across the pitch to get a uh, clan coming across the field. When it, yeah. it just reminded me of Dublin when they were in the right
0: pop uh, for the last couple of years. Mm. Actually, Kieran Carey actually christened Limerick, the Dublin, the, the Limerick Hurling legend. He christened them the Dublin of Hurling back in October 20... Oh, could have been 2019 or 2020 on, on OTB AM, our, our breakfast show. And uh, you'd well believe it that they're in that kind of Dublin 2016-17 area at the minute. You'd, you'd feel you feel like it's just a, the sheer dominance and physicality that you but see d- when the
1: like. D- I'm don't. i definitely not an expert on boxing. I'm definitely not an expert in hurling either. But just looking at f- f- from our perspective, watching Limerick, they just seem so confident mm. in what they're doing. That They've such composure. Like like say, Waterford throw their kitchen sink at them. But they, it's like they just... And we've had this with Dublin. We know teams are going to come at you. But it's just total confidence in what we're doing.
2: Mm. Your
1: game plan, the, the players themselves, the guys coming out in off the bench... We would have had a lot of battles and a lot of teams tried to take us out of our comfort zone over those four or five years but it's just a mentality that we're going to be fine here and that comes from experience of winning, it comes from the players themselves starting to rack up provincial and all Ireland titles and Limerick are probably in the infancy in that, they've only won two of the last three, they probably shouldn't be going for 4 They're all really they threw one away but you can see they're definitely on that track. They just look, look totally calm, no matter what the opposition are doing. And look, it's the Tipperary game. They were, they were 10 points down. Yeah. And they just kept playing away. That was and they awesome. just know we're going to blitz them. They do. They definitely look like they have that edge about it. Um, and you'd have to fancy them against Cork in the final. But it, like, it, it is, I know right.
2: we will be getting into the Dublin um over the course of the pod. But if you look at the 17 final, Mio v Dublin if you look at some of the scores we scored in that occasion, like Kevin McLaughlin scored a point from a turnover, which was just like, it's brilliant to watch, but it's, it's, it's a very low percentage score. I like to do that. And we've, we've talked about Dublin doing it down the stretch and being in, your complete control of the game because they just literally do the same thing over and over again. And yes. Okay. Of course for Limerick, if Morrissey throwing the ball over his shoulder, which, me and Paddy would look at that and think, surely that's a low percentage. But they just set up then for the next puck out and know exactly where the one wanted to put to play. And Dublin have done the same thing for Mayo, where we just scored outrageous scores. Like literally every score we scored was nearly we're on about scores a week in that seventy-five. Every score <laughs> we scored that day was unbelievable. Yeah, just churned their scores out. And when it came down to the stretch, they were just doing the same thing over and over again. Where we were, then when you get tired and you can't produce that moment of brilliance that you did when you were uh, really in the game. And that's why teams burn out against Dublin coming towards the end of the end of the game. And Dublin just seemed to be strong and pushing right towards the course. The bench has something to do with it. But Limerick yesterday, to me, just seemed the same, same as Dublin doing that. Well,
0: the, the bench is going to be a, a big talking point when it comes to the football semi-finals as well with all four teams. So we're going to get into that a little later in the podcast. And it was so evident today. I think John Fogley tweeted that the cork bench brought in 11 points in comparison to Kilkenny's one and the utter speed of Shane Kingston and the likes of Alan Cadigan coming in off the bench was absolutely awesome to watch, especially in, in, in the, in the second half of that game. And even in extra time, like they were just, it was unbelievable. So we'll talk about the importance of benches a little later on as well. This is episode 14 of the football pod with Paddy and Andy, just to fill you in on how you can get the podcast, Every Tuesday, the podcast now becomes available on the OTB Sports app exclusively first. So if you have the OTB Sports app, you can get the hop on everyone else and you can just go into the radio section, the podcast section, subscribe to the Football Pod of Paddy and Andy, and you'll get it there. If you're subscribed anywhere else on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, you'll get that on Wednesday. And if you like watching the show, you'll get it on YouTube on a Thursday. So that's the way it's all laid out every week. Paddy and Andy both mentioned that I've been adding a few bits and pieces into their contract over the last few while. <laughs> we have added in an Ask Me Anything. We are opening up the Double Mayo rivalry and we're, we're going across the lads' careers. So that's from 2003 all the way up to 2020. It encapsulates 06 to 2020. And we're going to get stuck into that right now. I don't know, lads, whether you saw my Instagram post earlier in the week talking about your your games and your, your matchups against Dublin and Mayo. You may not have seen it. But Paddy Andrews, has played Mayo seven times in the championship from 2013 to 2020. He scored 10 points from play across those games. Each of those seven games were either All-Ireland semifinals or finals. Two were obviously replays. Paddy, 2016, you get the two points off the bench when you come in for James McCarthy on that black card. But I went back watching that 2015 All-Ireland semi-final replay and those five points from play you got that day. They were absolutely ridiculous. Andy, I don't know whether you can remember them in your head or if you've seen them back recently. But afterwards, I text Paddy and was just like, how did you not win an All Star? At you? <laughs> you?
2: No, it. it's not even that. I, I think I mentioned it in an earlier part. I was, I was a sub 2015 Impact sub coming in, and you, you, like you were just you were kicking ones from angles and just mm. winning from the Keith and Jer. Was just um, yeah, something. that I actually remember. I, I think I mentioned it to you earlier on. I just had it in my head that that was a, a serious performance. Did you feel honoured that day?
1: They- for me, that yeah, that, that that was my best game, I'd say ever for, for Dublin. And it's funny, you were kind of you texted in a week and were kind of thinking about the game, obviously, in in, in preparation for, for, for this this part as well. I think we'd be we'd be touching on it. It's definitely a time, and you can spend your whole career. People talk about getting in the zone, <laughs> and that leads across every sport. Chase and chase. How do I get in the zone where? And like I said, you can spend 10, 12 years trying to do it. And for me, that day, a hundred percent, very rarely on, on other occasions throughout my career. But but, just feel if if I get the ball in my hands here, I'm gonna score. And um, and that was just one of those days. And I, to be honest, I, I don't know what it was. <laughs> did it feel know.
0: like? Yeah. Did it feel like a
1: Zen state? Like well, Oh, was the, slope, on, was the ball slowing
0: down a bit for you?
1: In, in in a in no way trying to sound... Cocky at all, it like, definitely not my my style, but but it it felt easier. Like, I just knew whatever way the, the way that game was and how we were playing. And I suppose it's just the confidence I had at that time. Um and I'd only got into the team in the quarterfinal. Like I hadn't started the Leinster Championship. played against Ferman in the quarterfinal and played well and got a couple of scores. The, the first game, the draw match, I played well and got a couple of scores on Keith, and then I actually got came off and I didn't feel it should have come off and I spoke with Jim about it. And then the replay kicked off and just it was a different role for me as well. I, I would have traditionally played a bit further out. We we touched on a Dean Rockenburner and Bernard Brogan would have been the full forward line, but mm. I don't know what it was that triggered it, but but for that game, me and Dean switched and it was like I think it was the conversation I would have had with Jim after the draw match. Really? Yeah? Yeah, yeah. I, I scored a couple of points the first day and I was playing quite well and then it came off just before the hour. And it was that game where we were six or seven up and we, we, we thought we were cruising and Mayo kind of turned it around. And and then I was frustrated afterwards. It was like a, talking with Jim and I didn't think it should have come off. And he, could, looking back, he he as close to nearly agreeing with me as he ever would. <laughs> um, so then the next week uh, for, for the replay, it was like I was going to play in close to goal with Bernard and Dean Rock was going to go out and play at the top of the D and that I felt more comfortable in there I'd kind of been playing there with my club closer to goal so he goes right we're going to keep you in there and so stop pissing and on about it and <laughs> show, us, show us what you can do type thing and just the, the way I started the game yeah it was just I was just confident and it was it was definitely looking back that was probably my standout performance uh, for Dublin and what a gag like that was just another one of those games I think it was ten all at halftime it was a Saturday night Beautiful weather, and you're talking about some of the scores, Andy. Like, remember, Killian and Dermot, uh, Dermot, O'Connor. I think they both get outside of the right. Oh, beautiful so, scores! Yeah. Uh, it was just, and it was just, it was just up and down, all out attack from both teams. And it, like I said, that was the kind of the rivalry was really heating up at that point. Little did we know we played each other twice the following yeah. year in the all-Ireland finals, and then and, the all-Ireland final the following year again, yeah. and then the semi-final. So it was just, it was just a special. That was a couple of years for Dublin Mayo, which was special games. Jesus Christ.
0: Andy, you come in there, you obviously came off the bench in the first game as well and had a big impact in that turnaround. You come in in the second half of the replay and you play a key role in setting up Killian O'Connor. It was a brilliant goal watching it back. You win a ball out in front, you skin a couple of Dublin defenders. I think you draw the tackle, flick it to Killian, and he switches hands and buries into the back of the net. Mayo go four up and yeah. five minutes later they're four down. And it ended up being I don't know, a seven-point defeat, but it really wasn't. I remember being in the stadium with those two games, lads, and I was sitting beside a Mayo man who was coaching us at the time, Tony Kearney, and uh, my God, the atmosphere in those two games. And I, I wasn't there in 16 or 17, but it was absolutely outrageous in 15. Did you
1: ever feel a zen-like do you know, state? Do you know what it was? Sorry, just an, it was a Saturday night game. Yeah. I think it was at six o'clock and the weather was savage and it was taken like next Saturday night. <laughs> there was not going to be a full house, but I always felt that was definitely a, a thing that played a part in it, that the crowd, the atmosphere was building, the weather was something else. Yeah, uh, hopefully it's something similar next Saturday. But, but uh, sorry, Andy, go on.
0: Uh, well, Andy, 17 years of an inter career, 2003 to 2019, you played Dublin eight times in the championship. You win the first one in 06. You're captain in 2012. And unfortunately, you're injured for that semi-final win. Um, and after that, there's two draws and five defeats, three of them by a point. Now, don't walk away. Don't leave the podcast. I know you. You gave out to me last <laughs> week in my intro. <laughs> like, you always stood up against Dublin. You always delivered. You scored two eleven across those eight games. You love the goal into the hill.
2: Yeah, and like yeah, I like,
0: take the compliment. Come on, you did like
2: no, but it, like my favorite games were against Dublin. Like, they, like not because it was Anthony, the players I was American or anything like that. It was just because it is. The one thing, and I, like the way you described two thousand and eleven, Paddy, when you won or when Kevin Max scored a goal, or when, whatever one it was, okay, Um you weren't there for eleven, were you? That
1: no, was the third thing, Kev's goal <laughs> against Kerry. The atmosphere,
2: Kevin's, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and like the way you described that, I think sums it up. You, you're you're never going to you're never going to experience that again in your life. Like you're never going to run by the Sam McGuire running out on the pitch, going over for the photo, mm-hmm. and the place just echoing around you you're never like once you leave the stage that's that that's all done and that's probably the hardest thing to accept so you just always love them games but Paddy sums it up too like you play against Tyrone in 2016 for example right you know you're going to have two fellas in front of you you know that you might have to be the decoy runner for the fellas coming through the middle because you're opening up something or you're, you're playing a different role within the team Do you know so against Dublin you're the finisher. You're in there. Like what Paddy's doing in 2015. He's closer to the goal. And his job is to win the ball hard, probably make the first run for Bernard, and try to get two, maybe three points himself. Like, that's beautiful. Because you have the one-on-one w- w- with your player. And that and that and that's what you're trying to do. I, I think it, it, it's funny. I marked Johnny after that game. But I think that was the, the... the Like, my biggest rivalry near the end of my career was obviously with Michael Simons, a uh, fellow unbelievable regard for um, but that was my first introduction to Fitzsimons I turned Cooper and we set up the goal and Cooper got the curly finger and Fitzsimons came in so that was the 15. Oh, that, that, that was, in 15 uh, that was the start of 2015 and um it, Fitzy was a sub I think Fitzy was a sub yeah he, he? Jesus. he ended up going over me anyway and that was it and that's where that kind of all started from and I think bar one game I think he marked me every other game bar then so that was kind of the start of it um, huge pace he, what a player lads he mm-hmm. he literally went from playing us into 2012 and I'm not saying he was ever weak but he was mm-hmm. you know, he was there and you could physically maybe Jesus lads by the time I retired in 19 he took a ball over in under the Hogan stand on me and his party O'Shea said he put me out over the line like a, a loaf of bread. Like I was just you no, know, he just went through me, and I knew my power was going this way, and his power. was going. <laughs> We just matched, and I was trying to leave it, but he was a um, savage player. Listen, the Dublin games I always loved. Crow Park, Paddy said it. They're, they're, that's where, as an inside forward, you always wanted to play uh, because. It's faster ground. The ball is faster. It's bouncing up to you. You have massive advantages over your, your defender. But no, I just I, I just love the game against, the games against Dublin because your know, partisan crowd, the hill, uh, everything about it. lads, the little bit of I, I like. The, we're, we'll be on about the rivalry, but the rivalry between the supporters. Joe, you know, have you seen it? old lunatic from Mayo oh, up in the hill. You know, <laughs> you know, I used to love watching stuff on the parades and stuff, and you have seen a few lunatics. Would me, you? I oh, yeah. I take all that in and I used to love just seeing them and thinking you're mad you know <laughs> <laughs> it was good cool cracking I know there's a bit of there is a bit of bitterness between the two fans but I think the real Gaelic football fans Joe, mm-hmm. kind of just say without these games John what would we have had you know
1: mm. but, but just, just to honour Tommy one of our great coaches and we've mentioned before Declan Darcy like an absolute just a legend, obviously, for, for Leitrim, but, but also for us, that, that Dublin group, he's just a, the lads couldn't have more respect for him. And he used to always just say to us, it's like, your Dublin career is judged on how you go against Mayo and Kerry and Throne. Like, we're not really interested in in guys that can do it in the National League or Leinster Championship, stuff like that. He goes, you are judged on how you perform against. Mayo and how he performed against Kerry, and then you kind of Toronto on at certain points in your in careers. But that was always his mentality, though. So I always remember him saying it to us: as you lead into these games, and you're talking about like this is what it's about. You know, these, this game next Saturday for this current crop of of Mayo players or, or Dublin players. That's why. You kind of with a wry smile, you're, you're listening to people talking about Dublin and the Leinster Championship, and they're not really firing, or you're talking about the, the young male forwards who are shooting the lights out against Sligo and things like that as well, which is all great. And you have to do that, they are steps along the way to, to where you're trying to get to. But ultimately, that, that was our mentality. And I always remember Beck saying that to us this is where you earn your corn if, if you're going to be a, a a Dublin player a proper Dublin player you've got to go and do the business in, in these games and that's that's why they were so special for players I think the fans see that you can see you can physically see it on the pitch I think the media loved it I think everyone loved it and that's why next week that's why everyone's so excited about you know this mm-hmm. is this is championship football this is the cream of the crop and um, and it was like I said we were blessed to be a part of it. Wow, what a decade of games unbelievable unbelievable stuff
0: and we opened up our comments box on Instagram and the Instagram stories I feel like I did, you, did
1: you filter these by the way
0: some of them some of them I hope you right. did, Yeah. hope yeah, some of them because there was a few that we can't read out but the comments box was opened up on Instagram at footballpod underscore GA and on the off the ball one and we got plenty sent in going to throw a couple of quick ones at you these are quick now, so I'm not looking for any in-depth answers. You can dismiss it. You can dismiss it. Dismiss these. Dismiss these Just like one of my ten answers will do. Like. No, no, because I cause I think I'm kind of maneuvering them in the way that we'll get to the ten minute one in a minute or two. Okay. <laughs> Patty, in front of this one at you. It's it's a it's not even a real name on, on Instagram. It's Ball Tree. <laughs> do Dublin consider it a rivalry? Would Mayo not have needed to win every now and again to be considered true rivals? No, it's hundred percent it's a rivalry.
1: It was our biggest rivalry. Without a doubt, over, oh, definitely it was our biggest rivalry. I don't buy that. That we knew every year if we were going to win the All Ireland, Mayor were the team that we'd have to beat. Kerry um, are obviously coming now, that, that they seem to be that the next decade, this, the 20s, seem to be their Kerry are going to be the team the teams are going to have to be. But for, for the past 10 years, Mayor were without a doubt, without a doubt, our biggest rivals. Yeah,
0: 100%. And, Andy, Andrew McKenna wants to know obviously there's a lot of respect there but which Dublin player did Mayo and Andy dread facing the most?
2: Well there was plenty of the team dreaded uh, facing the most like you, like I, I mentioned Bernard last week I got plenty of heat over that um, <laughs> We're uh, getting
0: you know, back
2: into that but even, even Paul Flynn James McCarthy these guys Brian Fenton Paddy like they were just you had to give every one of those players respect but me personally I, I, I remember I don't know which game it was I think it could have been I don't, I don't know which game it was, but I just remember being, for some reason, I found myself at right half forward. Jack, <laughs> Jack McCaffrey. And I know, that, like, the depth that Dublin went to, like, they know that I had no gas. like And he screaming, <laughs> he's like, give me the ball. Give me the ball. Give me the ball. He goes, and I was like, please don't give him the ball. All I could see was 80, 90 yards of space up what in front of me. What year is this? Oh, I don't know. It must have been fifteen or sixteen. Which year did he come back? I think it was sixteen. Fifteen. He came back fifteen. He went. It didn't
1: matter what year it was. Any year, he still had more pace than Andy.
2: It doesn't matter. I, I just say, and I was like, "Where's Kevin McLaughlin here, and Jason Doherty?" When I need. <laughs> can,
0: can, can I ask you a question? Is is Jack McCaffrey saying that for his teammates to hear it, or is it in Crow Park where they actually can't hear it, and he's only saying it for you to hear?
2: Oh no, he he, he noticed to me. It's happened to me twice in my career. I can tell you the two players who did it. He did it to me once and he knew it was me, and he knew he was away. It was like what I was saying last week about spotting maybe Michael Fitzsimons going up the, up the pitch, and then you try to get a wing back in, marking you. Like, if I got Jack Mack in under the goals, I'd be, I'd be doing the same thing, you know? But Sean O'Shea did it to me in... Uh, in a league game down in Tralee he spotted his 18, 19 year nineteen-year-old kid. I swear to God, and he goes, "I'm on Andy Moore. I'm on Andy." Oh, like, I don't respect. Around, Jesus I, I, I look around and I see a heap of space behind me. I'm thinking, "Oh no, I'm in bother." Uh, but listen, uh, I don't know if I think Johnny Buckley could have been with them that year. So he was saying, "If you get him out, wow. be go." You know, and. Uh, but there the were the only two times it happened to me where I just had the fear of God. <laughs> I was thinking, I'm dead here. you
0: know? And did he, did he get done for pace or did you ship him on I to just somebody else?
2: Him straight away. I just literally a- him I just <laughs> called him straight away. <laughs> Black hair. What about Jack? Did Jack get away from you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was one of those holding him up so he doesn't fall <laughs> over.
0: <laughs> um, Patty, well, another quick one for you before I have a longer one from you. Uh, from Chill1608. If there was a player from the opposite team, who you wish was on your team, who would it be? So he's was asking for a player from the Mayo side, if you could have pulled it in.
1: Now or from back in our day? From, like for, sorry, for from next 20, weekend.
0: No, 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 no. From 2013 to
1: 2019, we'll say. Oh. I always felt probably Lee, Lee, Lee Keegan was probably their best player. But, but we had brilliant hands. We James McCarthy and, mm-hmm. and Jack McCaffrey as a wing back, so we, we mightn't have needed him as much. Um,
0: could have gone into the corner.
1: Yeah, but then you're taken away from his game. Like, like he, he was mm. so good going forward. Keith Higgins was... I thought Keith was spectacular. At, between We had enough forwards on our team. I didn't want to bring in Andy or Killing O'Connor on their team. I never would have got a game. It's,
2: it's, a very, it's a very tough question to ask a yeah. team in six in a row. Like yeah. who, who do you bring in and where, where do you improve? it? From our point of view, if it was going to my own point of view, for his absolute consistency. And I've seen him... On an all-star trip in, in Philadelphia in 2019, I, I, I James McCarthy all day on the on the other side. If, if but it. but
1: you think you would need him?
2: It's not that we'd need him. It's just that yeah. he, the, even last Sunday, Paddy, like even last yeah. Sunday there, like when, he seems to know when he has to. And we mentioned it against Gall, he, he has this instinct where he knows when the game needs to be quick, and he knows when the game needs to be slow, and. I think that's a. Like, I'm 37, 38 years of age, coming 38 years of age. And I'm telling you now, I still can't do that. For, well, I can't do it quick anyway. I? But I, I still.
1: Can't, it's very hard <laughs> slower, to, slower.
2: Yeah, it's, it's very hard to recognize that on, on, on the pitch. And he just seems to have that gift where he can just go. And he seems to be able to do anything for the team. You can play him a right half back, you can play him midfield. I'm sure if you played him a wing forward and you needed him to do it, he'd do it. He just, he just, to me, he's an exceptional player.
1: Oh, like I I absolutely agree. I, I think already he's arguably Dublin. He'll go down along with maybe Stephen or some of the guys from the 70s or maybe even surpass them as, as Dublin's greatest ever player. His longevity, he was there in 11 at wing back. I think he's what, eight? Eight All-Irelands now, chasing a ninth. And he's still, like last Sunday, he's still so important to Dublin. He's just, I I love him. <laughs> he is, I, I love that man. He is someone you want on your team. Looks like, No matter what, if you want a rail, he'll have a rail with you. Yeah. If you want to go toe-to-toe and run up and down the pitch, he'll do that with you. If you want to play just pure football, he'll do that as well. He can do absolutely everything and, and Dublin are just blessed to have him. Mm. So, But, but that's why I, I feel his best game is that transition and just pace and energy and just the guy could just sprint for 70 minutes and I think that Mayo, Mayo have that. That's never been an issue for, for, for Mayo as well but definitely his mentality, I think, Oh, you'd have him on anything. Any anything. He's I, I was he's
2: glad good. last week, Paddy, against Kildare. So obviously they said we'll keep the ball away from Fenton for the kickouts, And uh, Killer did so the plan on yeah. top to McCarthy. Your man catches the first one beat. <laughs> <laughs> In the back of his head, like do you know. Maybe went fifty-fifty. By the third one, McCarthy was coming through and the ball was going. <laughs> so he got the first one into the back of the head, like, do you know, the way you should. Yeah. Uh and then it was just like man, like the Kildare midfielder did quite well. But I was, just, I was just kind of laughing. I'm thinking he would do anything.
1: <laughs> yeah, he sounds it's, like a great team yeah, well. It'll be interesting on Saturday. I think I think he could be the man for Match of the as well. So that'll be interesting.
0: So Andy's taking James McCarthy and Paddy. We're gonna say you'd have found him. A, a room for Lee Keegan somewhere, maybe? He probably would yeah, have found Lee, Lee Keegan somewhere. somewhere I'd say. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, Lee was the best player on our team, that's <laughs> make no mistake
1: about make, it. But for that period, it's, it's nothing like it. Similar, Andy, I, I think I used to love that he was so good going forward, but you'd know Quabs are putting him on the opposition's best player, yeah. and he'd absolutely I love just take that guy out of the game. Yeah. Like, that's that, the mentality to do that. That's hard for a player when you're thinking, hold on, I'm, I'm the star of the show here. Like, I I, I can score 1-3 from wing back. Let me go. But his his attitude for his teammates, from the outside looking in, he's like, he's putting the team first. He goes, mm. okay, you want me? I remember he, Mark and Ora McNeilish against Donegal when he was going well for them. And it was just like, I don't think we need to touch the ball. Yeah. He obviously was on dermo for, for a lot of our games. He could do that just for the team. Yeah. And even at, at times he'd still go forward on the off chance and kick a couple of scores. He was just—he was a spectacular player, and I loved his attitude. It was just his, his approach.
0: He, to it. he had a summer where he did it to Shane Walsh, Michael Quinlevin. He obviously went toe to toe with Dermo. Um, it could have been the same year as McInnis as well. He was just outrageous, right? Man marked him and, and break forward as well. There yeah. should have been a position name for what Lee Keegan was doing there, like because it wasn't a wing back and wasn't a cornerback. It was nearly like a specialised position. Do you want to jump in or will I move on?
2: Sean Kavanaugh, he did it in that year as well. Yes,
0: he- you're right. Sean Kavanaugh as well that year too. Yeah. We yeah.
2: needed like Paddy saying it, so he marked Sean Kavanaugh. He absolutely kills Kavanaugh. Like, kills him.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, And Kavanaugh ends up getting sent off. And when he's sent off, then, the game finishes, I think, 13-12. And out of the last three scores, Lee kicks two of the three. Like, and it was just, just kind of like, I, I, I've never seen anyone in my perform at that level consistently for three, four years before that. So that's why I put him up there as the, as the, the, the best player that ever played for the county, in my opinion.
0: He loved the goal against Dublin just as much as you as well.
2: But like two, like he's he's reinvented like himself and Jack McCaffrey kind of half reinvented the half back line because they the scored as much as any fours. Like mm. Lee, I, I'd say if you put our uh, uh, blocks, who was our top scorers against Dublin in big games? Like I, I would say Lee is second or third on that list. And like he he scored two five or two six in all our finals It was yeah. ridiculous. You know.
1: Yeah. Is, is he is he quiet, Andy? Is he quiet off the pitch? I always got the sense he'd never. He like he he'd give you a fill of it, but he never say it in the picture.
2: No, no, he's the happiest goal <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he strikes me as that. Yeah, he wouldn't think it it. Like. No weight, no weight on his shoulders, just let's move on with life, you know, and that that's it. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I love that.
0: Because I I remember we got him on a week or two after the, the semi-final where Conn got those two goals. Conn had that backdoor cut, those two oh, ruthless yeah, goals. Is yeah. that the nineteenth semi-final? But Lee was on chatting with us afterwards, and yeah. I think that happy go lucky moving on afterwards and moving on from it he was just on about his head was spinning for those couple of minutes he was just really honest talking about it Um, but he had obviously done it to so many players before that so there's another question about Keegan a little later we're going to get to I want to give a shout out to Jerry Bain he's a man I met today actually on the way home from Mead to Clare we stopped off in Belvedere House. I don't know if you've ever been
1: there, lads, but it's a gorgeous. I
2: was signing autograph Or Paddy, he was signing
1: autograph <laughs> <laughs> Tommy, you're trying I wasn't. How much money are you making off this pad? I uh, know. Listen, to it's actually things. it's actually an interesting spot. It's a
0: gorgeous kind of forest area just off Loch Ennol, and there's a, a wee cafe there as well. But Paddy O'Shea, in his first winter um, as Westmead boss, himself and Tommaso O'Flaherty used to bring all the Westmead boys down there for their winter training, and that's where oh. they did it. So Jerry, big GA fan, was working back then when Paddy was doing it. And uh had a couple of stories about it. And he had a question for the two of you, lads. He wanted a shout-out. And he had a question for the two of you. He listens every week. Um He, he reckons the two of you get on really well on the podcast. He, he really likes that. But he suspects that during the decade of the rivalry, that there must have been a bit of... He didn't say hatred. I think he meant frostiness there <laughs> across those 10 years. Now, he did initiate it by saying, surely the Mayo boys were bitter.
2: The... The way I would describe it, like there there, there absolutely is. Like I, I I meet I met Philly McMahon on the off chance a couple of months ago down at Clarny. I met I'd meet Johnny Cooper. Joe, you'd meet fellas on the off chance and there's absolutely nothing there. There was a few guys on the on an all-star trip I was before, good fun, good crack. There's nothing like that. Like the way I would describe it back in them days was Absolute respect, and I, I think you have respect for your opponent. I, I think the way you show it is by don't you, Like if I go in and mark the likes of Johnny Cooper and Mick Fitzsimmons and these guys are uh, McCarthy are the guys we're on about, and I'm not hitting and belting and tripping and tackling and uh, trying my damnedest skin on the ball, I just get roasted. Like it, it, you literally just get roasted. So if you don't show the team enough respect. Which might look from the outside in as frostiness, but it's survival mode. You're trying to survive first and then you're trying to really kind of exploit then secondly. And the way you do that is you go in and you give an absolute self. And whatever it takes to win that battle, you try to do it. So was there frostiness? Of course there was. But I I think it's born out of absolute, complete kind of respect for your opponent and, and seeing what you can get out of them.
1: Daddy, was
2: that oh, what I, it was like
1: for yourselves? Oh, 100%. percent i, I, I go right. You look at it from when you're in it. Anyone who's, who's played elite sport or, or team sports or our current players playing intercounty football, you're always looking for an edge. You, you are, and like Mourinho is famous, it's creating this siege mentality. And, and when you're out of it now, me and Andy are finished and you look back and it's totally irrational. A lot of it is nonsense. But when you're in it and you're 22 or 23 or 24 years of age, you are tunnel vision. The only thing you care about in life is winning the all a Football Championship. You don't, you don't care about world peace. You're not worried about famine in Africa or the tensions between the US and the Middle East, things that normal people are looking at saying, oh, that's important, that's a topical thing. When you're in your 20s and you're playing the county football, the only thing you care about is winning the All-Ireland. Everything else is secondary. It's Your dream is to win the Sam McGuire. For us with Dublin, that is, from when you're a kid, how do I win the All-Ireland this September? How do I go and kick scores on a Sunday in Crow Park? And sport, look, there's more important things in life than sport. We're finished now. We can kind of see that. But as players, when you're in it, there's not. And anyone standing in your way, our attitude with, with Dublin was, I'd actually, we probably did hate Mayo or we thought it was hate at the time because we were looking at it. These guys are trying to take away our dreams of winning the All-Ireland. And we knew for four or five years, if we were to get where we're going, we had to beat these guys. Like that question were Mayo rivals. They were our biggest rivals. We felt Kerry, we had their number. We, we, their brilliant team had kind of come to the end. We knew for this four or five years we have to get over these guys every single year. And we'd use anything to get an edge. I remember in, in 15, they we were talking about that game earlier on. The first day, Keegan's on Durmo, and Dermo gets sent off, and he's suspended. And he's going to miss the replay. And then the Sunday game that night, Philly McMahon is in a row with Aiden O'Shea, and it's highlighted on the Sunday game. And it's like, Philly's going to be suspended for the replay as well. And our mentality that week was, and this is rightly or wrongly, but like they we're creating this mentality. Mayor diving, look at the bat, look at the tactics from Lee Keegan. How could he do that? And where we, Phil McMahon, like do the other? And Mark and Aiden but we're like, how could they do that? The GAA are after us. The Sunday game are trying to shaft us. That's that's your mentality. It's totally irrational. A lot of it is complete nonsense.
0: Could you not see the woodpecker punches going in after the match and the
1: replay in the videos? We weren't interested in that. We were looking at. How do we get an edge playing Mayo? And you'd use anything. And it was just because you've so much respect. You had to be at your best. Uh, And that's I I see it now. I see it like you see Tyrone's attitude. You can see Tyrone or Hungary. You see in Kerry this year. They know you can you said Tommy earlier in the pod, and just stuck with Kerry look angry this year. They know they have to be on the edge to beat Dublin Mm -hmm. and to win the All Ireland. And for us in our period. That was it. And every year we played Mayo. And Andy, Andy's right. He touched on it. The, the style of play both of those teams played, it was man-to-man. So, so if you play Tyrone, for an example, now, you'd probably, if you are a forward, you'd mark four or five different players in that whole game. Just their style of play. Whereas with Dublin and Mayo, it was man-to-man. You had to win your battle. I, was, I remember, Mark, Colin Boyle for 75 minutes in La final. And then next February, they're going up the Castle Bar in the National League and American are Colin Boyle again. And Andy's American Michael Fitzsimons and Lee Keegan's marking Tom McConnell. All the, because the teams played that style, it was individual battles every single time you played. We played each other so often. This just kept building and building and building and players had their own rivalries. The teams just played each other every single year. Final and third, semi-final 12, final 13, two semis in 15, two finals in 16, 17, 18. This just built years and years and years. And it did, like, for us, I, I would say maybe we did hate now at, at the time because that's, you had to just feel that edge. We had to be motivated because we just, we would so much respect. For now when you're out and you look back and go, well, it was just pure respect. Because huh? it, that's what I look at Andy now. Andy, I'd say we didn't have one conversation over 10 years of playing against each other. Honestly, it was just... Did no you never way. talk? No, I don't want to talk to anybody. <laughs> we'll see you. We knew, I don't want to be friends with you because we're going to play in the All-Ireland final next year. You just knew it was coming down the tracks. Whereas now, when you step out of it, I spoke with Andy for, what, 20 seconds for the first time. I was like, "Jeez, Andy Barnes is a sound fucker. <laughs> but of course he is. We're all the same. We're all just trying to win the All-Ireland for your county. But that's what I mean. When you're in it, you're totally irrational. It's like, I hate those guys. <laughs> we, we have
0: to win. How do you channel? So it, it sounds like respect through contempt. How do you channel that hatred in a positive way? Because I'm sure so many people, like the GEA is bred on local rivalries and going up against the boys, the townies or the villagers or whatever, <laughs> or the local team up the road. How do you breed that in a positive way? Like I'm sure Jim Gavin has happened into that.
1: Oh, yeah, 100%. That, that's... It, you've got to like the motivation is, is a huge thing, but it's also it's like like Andy says if you're not at it if you're a little bit off you'd be made a show off that's how like the, these games were as intense and as physical and as fast if you went in there with your head up your hole or you taught you like say we were fortunate we had a good record against those so like supporters might look at them and go, well, Dublin won in 13 and beat them in 15. So in the sixteen final, we have their number. The players, we were not taking that because we knew how close the games were. If you go in 1% off, you're going to get your arse handed to you and you're out. You'd be absolutely embarrassed. That, that's, and, and that is respect. There, there's nearly, I don't know if fear is the right word, but maybe it is. It does, if, sound, it, if, it does sound, if, like if I'm not at my absolute peak here, these guys are such a brilliant football team. Mayo are a brilliant Gaelic football team. If I'm off 1%, we're under serious pressure. They, they could wipe us out. And that was, that's the thing, look, it boiled over at times. Certain, like there was off Donny Vaughan, Smalley, Lee, Dermon, mm. things like that as well. That It was so heightened that it was inevitably going to happen. But you, like the best teams, and that's why... Dublin have managed that really well. We always have to have a focus on, you're no use to anyone if you're, sitting, if you're sent off. Yeah, yeah. You know, we need that 15 on the pitch. Johnny's black card in, in the final. A lot, of Mayo, a lot of Mayo people look at when Smalley got sent off and they had the advantage. Was it the 17, 18, 17 final? And then Dolly Vaughn gets sent off after. How long did it last?
0: If
1: he keeps his head, is it something different? So, it was always just the, the heightened intensity of those games. It was inevitably. It was inevitable that it was going to spill over at times.
0: And are you surprised at all, looking at the man that you've been sitting beside for the last fourteen <laughs> weeks in the podcast, that this hatred was sitting there bubbling
1: under the surface? That That's time. For, yeah. For me, I'm was laid back at all of them.
2: But if you, if you go away on the narrative side of things, right? So if you, if you if you strip it back, so Dublin are, Joe it, it, all this uh, finances, the, the advantages, all this. We haven't won in all Ireland since 51. So even the narrative builds a bit of content. And that's what Paddy's saying there. He's saying, like, Jim Gavin is saying here, the whole county here, country wants me all to win because of this, this, this. Do you know, like, are you just going to let this happen? Or we don't care about all that stuff. Just go out, you know. And it, it literally builds within, even within the media, within the systems, within everything and then the like the narrative feeds into the team slightly and then you have to balance that together and you mentioned a word called fear I think every player has a tiny bit of fear like for me it used to come Monday Tuesday Wednesday early early, early on on the weekend and by the time the weekend came along then the match came along I, I was okay and then I could balance it but I think that fear is a good thing because you have to get your body ready for what's about to come. And then once you prepare well and you, you, you're right, then, then you're ready to go. And I'm sure Paddy as a forward was the same. Um, like, if you're American, just say Merchant now the next day, and Merchant goes up, gets a score early, t- takes you on, gets the goal like he did against Kerry in 19. Joe, you know, there has to be a tiny bit of fear there because you have to be ready to make sure he doesn't do that, you know. So it helps you prepare, and uh, I think by the time you go to the pitch, or by the time you get on the pitch, then that fear and nerves and all that is kind of is it, it, eased out once you get once you get going in the game, you know. So, but there, the respect, um, the hatred, all that are, are, are totally there internally with, with, within the group, and I, I'm sure it's the same for the supporters as well. There's a bit of hatred there within the supporters, but when, then when it's all Joe, the Mill boys would go down, fill Ryan's into coppers, all that, and intermingle with the Dublin people. Same
0: thing. We've a question, question about coppers that we'll get to a little later. I've never. <laughs> Neither was I. I
1: don't. I don't remember being in it. So does that <laughs> count? Carl <laughs> <laughs> Jackson will tell me.
0: There, uh, there's a lot of questions in. So some of these can be quick, and some of them we we can get stuck into for a few <laughs> minutes. All right. I've got a couple here at once, so I'm gonna I'm gonna reel them off because there's a few of them about it. Probably because there's a couple of incidents like it. Ronan Hurricane. Ronan's had a couple of questions over the last few weeks. Were the two teams running out from the tunnel together in 2016? Was that done deliberately? And the other part of that, and I think it was a different incident. Can you ask the lads what happened? Oh no, it was the same one. Can you ask the lads what happened coming out of the tunnel in 2016 between Dennis Bastic and Aidan O'Shea? That's from Jeremy Foley. So the tunnel incident in 2016, there's so many tunnel incidents that I'm not sure I can <laughs> pick them all apart. Paddy, were you stuck in that? Were you stuck in the middle of that tunnel
1: incident in 2016? Uh, genuinely, no. I don't. I, what? I don't remember this now. Go on. There was a lot. There was lots of tunnel incidents, but uh, they kind of blend into one. I, I don't remember this one specifically now. Go on, Andy. I, what, can I, I ask you, was it planned that Mayo and Dublin would go out at the same
0: time?
2: I, I, I actually, I can't remember, and that—that's the goddamn truth. And to use, uh, I suppose, the tunnel, but as an insight forward, like you actually have tunnel vision. You, you, you have a job to do and I might not even seen that happen do you know I, I actually couldn't like the boys out around the middle of the field the boys between number 5 and number 12 they're going to have a physical confrontation at some stage for me personally I'm trying to stay away from that I, I, I literally don't want it because it's going to burn up energy on me it's going to, so I literally, I would be so focused on what's about to happen yeah. I, I would miss every bit of that
0: I find that interesting because I would suspect that if I was sitting here with Jamie O'Shea and Maybe James McCarthy doing a podcast. They will be talking a bit more about you know the scuffles or the tunnels and the rows because we're the
1: two soft lads as well. we were never
0: involved in that. Yeah,
2: they were they, the lads. Were, hey, don't yeah. forget, forget, don't
0: forget about your brawl in bloody 08 against. I'm not going to mention the county, but you know you did. Oh, you did have a bit of a record back in you know <laughs> in, in your
2: made reference is. again. If we use a rugby analogy, they're in the ruck and they're doing. The you the fancy number 10 and number 15. <laughs> That's how we are. We're sitting back in the pocket. We're not getting involved in
0: any of that stuff. Paddy, you said you never spoke to any Mayo fellas over the 10 years, and I feel like you were exaggerating a little bit. But I have to say that any time I've opened up the comments box on Instagram, a few different people have come in with this question. Can you ask Paddy Andrews why he didn't shake Killian O'Connor's hand before the 2017 All-Ireland Final? Now, when we got those assets to start, I was like, I don't remember this. And there is some fellow who's done a video somewhere and it's up there somewhere. I've,
1: I've, I've seen the video. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> and, and basically, I you know, you, you've already given us the precursor of 2015, 2016, and 2017 comes along. Now you're giving us the context that you bloody hated it and you had a voodoo doll of Colin Boyd at home and a post <laughs> on the wall that you used to rip past. <laughs> What the did Kenyon O'Connor do to you that you just ignored him in 2017?
1: Uh, I had not heard. I actually didn't mean to do that at all. And that's... But our people believe me. are not sure, Look at my glasses. I'm fucking blind. <laughs> um, really? Actually you didn't even know. I swear, no, not in a million years. Like I say, I, that, that, that's not really my style at, at all. <laughs> I wouldn't be into that type of stuff. And I actually... One of the very few people I, I would have spoken. I, I did a gig with Killian, I think a year before that, and we actually had a bit of crack in the off-season. Uh, I actually didn't mean to do it at all. Yeah, I, I, my phone was happening after we obviously won the game, and I seemed there was a photo of it, a still of it or something on, on Twitter. I was yeah, Twitter at the time. But It's a good video. Jeez, I actually didn't even remember doing that, yeah. I wouldn't say Killian was too, <laughs> I didn't think he gave a show anyway, but uh, no, genuinely I didn't even mean to do it, yeah. But if people believe that or not, I don't know. But
0: that's uh, the do truth. You ever, do you ever try any mind games like that, Andy? Or is that all silly if you're walking into the corner back? Are you putting out the hand and pulling it away? Or you ever give a fella a kiss in the cheek when you're going into Markham? Like, <laughs> <laughs> or he was coming into Markham? Can anyone do it to you?
2: I've cu- I cu- I cu- the ears to the hill. That was bad enough, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay, we have a couple of questions about 06. Paddy, you were only a... I think you. this is part of your... I didn't realise you played three years of minor for Dublin.
1: Yeah, we didn't win anything though. <laughs> it yeah, useless. we will come back <laughs> yeah. to But
0: no six, you were you were a double minor. while Patty, captain, our, yeah. The, I was, I was at this game, I was on the hill. While while Andy Moran was coming off the bench, he was telling yeah. Morrison, put me in, coach. Give me a we, shot, we got, coach. Give me a shot, coach. We got this story a couple of weeks ago. It's brilliant. Put me in, coach. I'm gonna score a goal. And he scores a brilliant goal. He turns around and he's pointing to the coaches on the sideline afterwards. <laughs> An absolutely <laughs> awesome display that day from Mayo. They come back and it, it's sensational mcdonald kieran mcdonald performance some of the points in the last few minutes i think dublin probably felt like they had the winning of that game possibly similar to seven up yeah possibly similar to 2015 all the semi-final in the sense that mayo come back um and there's a couple of questions in on that we've spoken about the hillgate before so you can go through these quickly but i want to throw them at you max mcginty wants wants to know why did mayo decide to do the hill hillgate in 2006 and why did they think it would be a good idea
2: well, if you remember back, right, Tyrone and Armagh warmed up in the same side of the pitch in Not Five. Okay, was well, final, was not it? Yeah, so it was just all kind of, and it, well, it literally fun. just took off around training. And why do Dublin have the right to do this? And why did they have the hill and all this sort of crack? So it was just brought up, and David of, Brady, wasn't it? It wasn't Brady. I, mean, like, I don't know who brought it up, but it, it was. Uh, Jerry Brady. Yeah, but we, we 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 were on the way on the bus and it was like ah no we're not doing that we're not doing that and the way I remember it is that we sat down David Heaney just goes right come on Ted, come on let's go so we all just went up we had nothing set up <laughs> there was no warm up there was no warm up there was balls flying everywhere our nutritionist got hit in the head she was knocked out. it was oh hot. no <laughs> was Trevor Howley was guy on our team Trevor Howley We'd tank him man and uh, he stood Dublin used to do this drill 50 yards apart kicking it to each other and moving just to kick and move Paddy do you know and he stood in the middle. He must have taken twenty or thirty shots. <laughs> he couldn't like he used. To, he came on in the leash quarter final. He couldn't come on in the game. He was he was like, <laughs> Darren Holman, and it was Darren Holman from there. Oh and he, yeah,
1: yeah.
2: And you're was getting, Holman
0: Salerno six? He was 06, the quintessential yeah, was. Dublin footballer. Like, oh yeah, back yeah. Then. <laughs> We spoke about Mayo breeding wing backs. Darren Holman was the quintessential Dublin footballer back then.
2: But it, it but like how he was hitting all these guys. But it, I was brilliant. Guys. It was. Um, it was superb the way the, the way it was uh, the way it, it ended up, and for us obviously it was a great day. But it, like, yeah. the game won, they won it through the way, you know.
0: Jo- Joseph McQueeny wants to know: Did Mayo ever consider warming up in front of the hill at any time after 06 to unsettle the Dubs? So from 2012.
2: Uh, I, it know from then, like the the, the, mm-hmm. the probably got more professional as much along too, and you 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 literally that, that that's that, 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 that's not a thing anymore, you know. It's not a thing anymore. Um, I'm not sure. Would it, would it have made a difference? We have, to I, I, I tell
1: you, we actually spoke about this. This is yeah. how, like, the level of depth that the Dublin would have prepared for. This was like, I remember before one of the games we were playing Mayo and, like, Jim was, if Mayo warm up in the hill, should we just come out? If they're there, just go down to the other end and warm up there. That was it. <laughs> we definitely wouldn't be going down throwing throwing 100 shoulders in the space for a minute. That was just, I don't think it would have had an impact at all for, like was like I said, it was just a different generation, at a different time but, but that's in our head we would have actually spoke about it if someone does do that just see it go down to the other end and do your own f- I fully believe that would okay, happen I but I also
0: suspect that Andy I don't think that Mayo team that you were on at that stage would have tried to pull that either
2: but, but the team in Note 06 and, and Note 04 like it was full of characters like it was full of we weren't great Joe, Joe we weren't mm. we were we were a team our team was still built from the great 96, 97 team we had. And it was still kind of hanging on to them mm. players. And these guys, like James Nallon, one of the greatest players ever to play for a county. But he was at the end of his road. And like you mentioned, Brady, their header, but Kevin O'Neill was back in, that they played a bit in Dublin. Yeah. And he, he, and there were different there were different men at the time, you know. And mm. I was any chance against Dublin at that time. We had to try something. We, we literally had to. In my view, we had to try to upset them. Because Dublin would have just won that game by ten. 10 12 points. If we, if we didn't go four up, do you know, we, we give ourselves a chance by doing it. I thought, do
0: you know, we actually have David Brady and, and Pillar Caffrey on the show on Wednesday morning. Actually, Brady hasn't confirmed me, I better follow up on him. But Pillar's definitely on Wednesday morning, he's taking a call from his holidays. So Pillar oh, definitely shifted a couple Jesus. of shoulders. He um, did, yeah,
1: he's right in the mix, man.
0: yeah. So we, we'll we, we give
2: and himself. We're, I, I think, we're really, really good mates. And he comes over, he comes over against Morrison. Oh, stop. It was brilliant. Over mayo. It just gets nasty. the
1: blood boiling,
0: lads. Last one on this. Trevor Nocton wants to know. Actually, there's two about this. Trevor Nocton wants to know what McDee was like in the dressing room after his winner in, 0- in 06. And Colin McHale, similar question. Andy, tell us about the dressing room after the O six semi-final, your goal and McDonald's winner. That place must have been buzzing.
2: I know nothing about it. I'll tell you what happened to me. And there's a bit of a story behind this as well. I got called in for the drugs test. So, oh. myself, and I think it was Stephen Carlin, I think it was Barry Cahill and Paul Casey. And myself and Paul because You're on about battles, Paddy, right? So, myself and Casey used to mark each other at everything. So, I used to play for Sligo IT. I used to play for uh, DCU. And we, we I, like, you're on about two books that you did. We used to hate each other. Like, we used to bat don't <laughs> He might be, he'd be throwing me, a few st- I'd be spraying water, I'd like jump match stuff. You'd beach. be what?
0: Spraying water at him?
2: If I got a bottle water, I'd spray a towel in the, back, in the back of the back of the arms and all this sort of crap, right? So it was a right, like we had a right rivalry, the two of us. No one else knew about this rivalry, only himself and himself. But he went into the drug test with us, oh, all that, it was the most awkward position I was ever in in my life. Random, we isn't
1: it, are yeah. Oh
2: yeah, we were huh? fit killing. kill each oh yeah and then in the, and then the drugs fest when I had Barry Cattle and Stephen and Karen just looking at the two of us thinking, "What are you two boys at?" Did you, ever,
0: did you ever make up with Casey since? I actually, yeah. Did you ever make up with him since? No.
2: No, but, but I, I love the way these guys go back in, and they, they, they when they like, I don't think Casey won an honor. He? He, was, he was on the
1: squad in eleven. Yeah, he was. Oh, okay. he, I think eleven was his last year. He was on the squad. Back
2: in, I think he's with the ladies now, and yeah. he's getting back, so like, once the football is over, I couldn't care less, but it was just, it was brilliant at the time. I just remember, I never got the feeling in the dressing room at six, would you believe?
0: You never got that feeling. That is just a killer. Drug testing was a shambles. Surp- I'm first, not surprised the, But I'm drug testing you the way you celebrated the, that
1: the, the, goal. The, 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 the All-Ireland final, I had it as well. I missed. We back, Which Kerry. Uh, the 15 All-Ireland final in the rain. So Kerry, and I was in with Brendan Keighley, the goalkeeper. And I... Couldn't. I was there for about an hour. I missed. I had to get my make my own way. One of our kitmen had to be. I well, we missed all the dressing room after the fifteen-hour final, and had to get a, like a taxi back with our kitman back to the team hotel. Absolute nightmare. Imagine that. Like, like the whole the crack is the hey. dressing room after winning the hour like so. At least you won one. We had a good night anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Drug um, Paddy, what was going through your
0: head when Keenan O'Connor hits the post in twenty seventeen?
1: I, I thought he'd get it. I have to say, I just thought the, the side of the pitch was on. Um, he, he's so good. He's a clutch player. If you remember the year before in the rain in the first game in 16, he nails the kick. I think it was like the 77th minute, Andy. Was that it?
0: And the buzzer. He nails
1: it out in the 45. Like, what a kick.
0: From play. It was unbelievable. I, yeah.
1: It was from play. Yeah. And I'd come off at this stage. I thought he was going to get it. I kind of wasn't, the head was in the hands. Uh, and I hit the post was just so unlucky, wasn't it? That that's yeah. like that's the inches you're talking about. He he missed, and we go up, and and Dino gets his one. So my reaction after it was just relief. Like it's now it was just like say I th- I thought he'd nail it, he missed it, and you're like second chance here.
0: Next question that we've got sent in here, another Kenyon O'Connor one. How much do the Dubs hate Kenyon O'Connor? And also that's from Sean Duggan and James Punchem wants to know how would the rivalry have fared if Kenyon O'Connor wasn't there? So. Andy, I'll ask you first if Kitty O'Connor wasn't there. How important was Kitty to that? You Kitty
2: know O'Connor didn't come on scene. You, you You wouldn't have seen that new team.
1: That's uh, Look, that's why I take it so big this weekend. Yeah, He's, He is so important.
2: He is. Lads, we didn't have a free taker in 2011. You know, we, we didn't have a free taker. Uh, we were struggling. He changes the game. He's 19 years of age, Tom Common. He gets pulled for taking over a free, which... He tend to do at, at, at times, you know. And uh, the next free is forty five years old, and he's nineteen. He's a kid, like, and we need to win this game. And he nailed it, like he's like so stoic for an eighteen, nineteen year old. I've never like, similar to what I'm saying about Sean O'Shea there, noticing that it's me on the field in the minute. These guys are unique players, and uh, he was just he was exceptional. We're dean for. Dean for Dublin has been absolutely unbelievable. He's been, unbelievable. I have so much time for Dean Rock, it's, it, it's crazy. But you'd have probably found a free taker somewhere, Paddy, where like Bernard wasn't bad, at him, to be fair to me. Yeah, he was all right. And, like we just didn't have, we didn't have that animal. We, we didn't have him, and he's, he's just kept his standards going over and over. So the rivalry might have even never happened.
0: You didn't really hate Killian O'Connor, did you? I know you were saying you hated Colin Boyle, but and you, you may have uh, ignored him, ignored <laughs> this is him with a like, handshake. This
1: is, this is Tommy again. He starts misquoting us as well, though. I've noticed that a few times. Um, now, Killian was just horrible to play against. Um, and we can talked about that a bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah the, the tackling, the kind of innocent tackling, but he's really good. <laughs> he was a brilliant man for that. And do you know what? As a forward, we're talking about, You'd want him in your team because as he is, like he's the main scorer, he's the time player. Jesus Christ, he he puts in a shift for the team. Like I, I know for a fact our coaches would have loved to have someone like Killing O'Connor in our team because he's just the ultimate team player. He nails the score, he deals with the pressure. And look at him leading the defense. And yeah, he, he has extra we're talking about some of the Galway, boys. That and they need that bit of steel. He, O'Connor,
2: he, he, even at club level, Killian has got a niche to him <laughs> He does, yeah, one
1: hundred
2: percent. He would cut you in two. I might be his best buddy on Tuesday night at training in, in Mayo, and he would cut me in two on Saturday. It's and it's—he it, just looks at it, and I think we've mentioned some of the great Dublin players and the Kerry players. These guys just look at it differently. When the game is there to be won, we go and win it, and then after that, then you just you move on, do you know.
1: You, you touched on it, Tommy, and this is this kind of uh, be me bonnet about this—the the Shane Walsh thing mm. from from Galway last. Or was it was a two weeks ago in the county final, and Parker Horan, young male guy, coming in, kind of becoming a real important player in their defence. Like he doesn't really like you, you know he leaves a bit on him, and Shane Walsh is injured, and, and Park Joyce is out afterwards, and he's giving out about it, and you're like, should, Galway didn't expect that, and I'm looking at that what planet have you been on for the last 10 years hey, Mayo, in a big championship game and you don't expect to get a bit of that and, and that annoyed me it annoyed me that, that okay, whether it's right or wrong you need to expect there's going to be a physical battle there and that's f- from our point of view with Dublin every time we played Mayo you just knew you're going to get your feet and you have to deal with it and, and if you can't deal with it well, they're not going to win the game there's no point in turning around or going to the ref or or looking to the lines, man, and going, What's the story? Mm-hmm. after getting thrown on the ground there. Like, that is what Mayo bring, that's what Dublin bring that's what the best teams bring. And, and the idea of of coming out and giving out about it in the media and look, you don't want to see players getting injured and all. I'm not condoning that, but the idea that you wouldn't expect that or wouldn't that it should come as a surprise is is nonsense. Like if you're if you want to dine at the top table and you want to be working, you have to be able to deal with those type of things. And, that's like someone, he'd do that, he'd give it. And if he got it, and I'm sure he did get it off our defenders, there'd be nothing made of it. Just get up and get on with it get on with the it. next time. Exactly. The best teams, the best players, the best. If you want to be successful, you have to be able that, I, I thought that was interesting. But I didn't like it What I was here from Galway after.
0: That is the Ask Me Anything on Dublin and Mayo from... The rivalry of 2006 all the way up to 2020, we captured it all there. There was a load more questions. There was a couple of emails into the football pod at offtheball.com. dot com. We have plenty of time to come back to them. You know, maybe we'll do a bonus pod. I'm adding in another thing into the contract. Any other business at the very, very end of at the very, very end of the summer? I'm going to squeeze as much as I can out of this, lads. Okay, so we are really excited about this weekend, Dublin Mayo. Andy got really into it last week he felt good now I'm doing you the service Andy by saying that you didn't really you didn't really say too much wrong last week you were just excited for the semi-final how are you feeling now?
2: Still excited I, I, I do think um, Mio have a huge chance now <laughs> is that built on Dublin coming back to the pack more so than Mio's progression um, or maybe is it a bit of both it, it probably is a bit of both Um but yeah, you, you've got to be realistic about this. And I, I called it last week a free shot at, at Dublin. Uh, and what I mean by that is that they of a really young team, fresh team. Guys have coming into Crow Park for the second time to get at Dublin in, in in two years. And it just gives them a feeling for it. And it, it allows them to say, right, this is the marker we're going to get to. So just say we didn't get to the all final last year and we ended up losing in a semi what's your marker if you lost uh, in a Connacht kind of final? Like the year after then, is it just to win a kind of title or is it to get to the All-Ireland? Now our goal is to, for them young fellas, Ryan O'Donoghue, Tommy Conrad and all them new guys in, it's to go and try to win an All-Ireland. And that's their goal and that's going to be their goal on Saturday. And to do that, um, you're going to have to come up against uh, the, the, the best team probably of all time and it, the, or the, the remains of the best team of all time. And, and the, the main spine of that team is still there, and it's going to be very, very difficult. Um, but I do think Mayo owe some weapons that can damage Dublin. I honestly do think that, and uh, um, hopefully, come Saturday evening we, we, we can see that.
0: Paddy, how are you feeling going into this weekend?
1: Yeah, I'm, I am looking forward to the game. Like I say, it's I think the four best teams there. It's been a kind of convoluted season, despite um, you know the game's been pretty much week on week from the start of the National League, but everyone's been waiting for these games. Everyone was waiting for the biggest teams. There's been so many mismatches. There's been a, been a media narrative around the, the changes and structures to the championship. We haven't had many great games. Look, the Ulster Championship, there was a couple of absolute belters. They, they probably stood out more because it, we were so bereft of, of quality games in the other three provinces. Everyone who loves GAA and Gaelic football has been waiting for these games. For for probably a year and a half, since pre COVID, so I, I think we've got the four best teams. Dublin, and Mayo, right? we've just touched on what it means to both of us. We know what it means to our supporters, and I think the whole country's invested. In it. It's been so prominent over the last decade. Dublin and Mayo grabs the headlines, and then on the other side, on Sunday, please God, all going well in, in Tyrone's camp, that we get arguably the, the most exciting team this year, and Kerry right from the first game in the National League, seeing them in action and their first real test of the season as well against an up-and-coming Tyrone team and Tyrone playing this more exciting brand of football. Look, I, I, I think you couldn't hand-pick two better games. So really looking forward to it uh, this weekend. My own thoughts on the Dublin-Mayo game. I'm confident that Dublin are going to win this game. And There's been a lot of stuff spoken about over the last couple of weeks. But, but when you sit down and, and analyse the game, Dublin... I. I can't see Dublin not winning this match. I, I, I'm confident that can, they'll have more than enough.
0: Can I ask you for a, a scale, a confidence scale here? Because we have heard Paddy Andrews make predictions on this <laughs> podcast before and they've been very, very definitive. How definitive are you that the very remains, definitive. as Andy Moran said, the remains of the great Dublin team are going to dispose of this young, coming Mayo team?
1: Uh, I'm very definitive. I think they'll win. I, I don't think Mayo are going to score enough in this match. I think we touched on it the, the moment Killing O'Connor went down in Ennis in the National League against Clare, you felt that that was going to hurt Mayo at the business end of the championship. They've navigated Connacht pretty straightforward without him. But this is the game. I cannot see Mayo scoring enough in this game to, to, to win it. Um, I feel somebody or probably two of the Mayo forwards will need to have a scoring game that they've never had before. So Aidan O'Shea, for all, as good a player as he is and as an outstanding leader in that Mayo team, he's never scored a lot against Dublin. So if he's not going to be the man to do that, or, or James Horn's going to look for him to do that, he hasn't done it before. And I question whether he can get 2-2 two, two or 1-3. That's not really Aidan's game. So then you're looking at going, well, can Kevin McLaughlin do it? Is Kevin McLaughlin going to start? I think John Small will pick him up again. Kevin Mullock has never scored four or five points from play against Dublin. I think that's what's going to be needed. So then you're looking at going, well, who's going to do it? And you're looking to the two young guys, Tommy Conroy and Rhino Donahue. One of the, if Mayor are going to win this game, one or both of those guys have to announce themselves on Saturday as one of the best forwards in the country. They're very early in their in the infancy of their career. They are really talented players. But I haven't seen anything from them to suggest that they're the next David Clifford or Con Callahan or Paddy McBridey and I think definitely one of them if not both will have to have a game like that for Mayo to get the scores on the board Tommy Connor's going to need to score 1-4 or 1-5 or, or O'Donnell's going to, have to score 4 or 5 points from play I just don't see that I don't see it I think with Fitzsimons with Davy Byrne with, with Johnny Cooper with Small and Merchant back in the team This was always going to be the challenge. Will Mayo bring the athleticism, the energy, Matty Rowan, the runners from deep? Will they get in Dublin's face? I have no doubt about that. I have absolutely no doubt about that. Mayo are brilliant at that. But it was always going to come down to, can they shoot the lights out against the best, best opposition? And I could be wrong. and, And maybe on Saturday night, those two young guys announced themselves as two of the top forwards in the game. I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it yet and they might do it in two or three years' time but I don't see it on Saturday night and I just do not think Mayor are going to get scores on the board. They're not going to score 215 or 20 points from play to beat Dublin because Dublin are going to do that.
0: Andy, the magic number 20 is something that's come up an awful lot when you've spoken about preparing to face Dublin and breaking that mark. Is Paddy on the money here?
2: Well, it's hard to argue with what Paddy's saying but I, I, I am going to make an argument for it. I um... <laughs> my work worry was exactly like Paddy's we, we, we scored 2-14 against Galway um, which was brilliant the way we did it because we came so hard in the second half um, it was the creation of goal chances that worry me yes we know McLaughlin's and we've Ryan O'Donoghue when he nudged the guy when he nudged the defender and he, he slots him beautiful and Conor kind of mm. Neal back to the, the free but there wasn't really a creation uh, like Matty Ryan should never get in for his goal and then I don't think Galway really needed to foul him for the first penalty, if I'm being honest, because the keeper's coming out on him. And I, I think you're struggling. So for Mayo to win, I do think we need goals and we need them early. <laughs> and for that, I, I do think we have the runners that could do it. And last year, just looking back on the game, uh, uh, quickly for, for myself, last year we did trouble Dublin early early doors. Uh, Oisin, uh, fist one across the bar, which is probably the right decision because it's his first score ever in championship. But I think if he gets that chance on Sunday, he has to throw the left foot at that and, and, and try to wallop a goal. Yes, you're wishing there more than having a definite plan, but he has to go for goal in that situation. I think Matty Rowan has a chance uh, for his point where he could drive on and maybe go for goal. Conor Loftus had a chance for goal. and for Kieran, us-
0: Kieran O'Connor took a point early on that day as well when he could have gone for goal. It was a tight angle, but he was in...
2: I think by the time he caught it, but I know the one you're on about me, by the time he caught it, Tommy, it was probably a point, but... Yeah. It- if that's another inch, either side of him is a chance for goal. So we did create half chances in that game for goals. Now, next Saturday evening, there's absolutely no question in my mind that Mayo need at least three goals to win this game. But I do think the way they're playing and the way Dublin are, that the goal lead got against them, even the one Daniel Flynn got against them, I do think there's going to be chances there for goals. And if we get them, that gives us a huge chance. My biggest fears for me were we're probably going to have to put Paddy on Kieran Kilkenny. We're probably going to have to post not Paddy Andrews, no, Paddy Durkin. Uh, we're, we're probably going to have to put Oshin on, on Conor Callan, which takes out two of our absolute drivers from the back. Lee had a really good game actually last year in the All Ireland and finally again against Dublin. But is he that guy anymore that can do that? He probably isn't. So... Do you sacrifice leaving somebody else on Conor Callan, And do you sacrifice leaving someone else on Kieran Kilkenny? Which is a huge risk for James Horne. But he didn't. He put Lee on Shane Walsh. So he might have been eyeing this up and saying, right, Paddy, you might have to go on Scully on Sunday. Would uh, Paddy be able to outrun Scully once or twice? You're not asking him to do it for 70 minutes. Just to give us an overlap to get a goal chance. And that gives us a chance. I think there's huge momentum with this Mio team and Paddy's absolutely right about Tommy and Ryan they're not like that David Clifford forward who can come around the corner and kick five or six and you're thinking geez I've done well on him I don't think they're that sort of player but Ryan is definitely a fella that can create and if Tommy can get a run on you and he can really go at you he can really damage you I think Merchant will go straight on Tommy Conroy which will take a tiny bit of that pace maybe off him but if he just hits form and he could strike early, I think gives a huge chance. Yes, on my side, it's a lot of hope. There's way more stats behind us to say Dublin should win the game. But I do hope that we can get them goals. I do hope we can rattle them, get in behind them. I do hope someone can come late, like a Michael Plunkett or something, and come late in around the corner. Uh, I do hope that we can put Evan Comerford for an under pressure in his kick-out, because we definitely will press him. Uh, And I do hope that on the off chance that Jermyn and Matty can get the better of uh, Fenton and McCarthy in the middle of the field. And if we can do that, it gives us a chance. And once we have a chance, I'm sure the Mio boys will fight, you know.
0: Paddy, we've watched Dublin in the flesh a number of times this year. I've had the privilege of sitting beside you and listening to you going, the goal is on, the goal is on, the goal is on, in the first half against Meade. But, But there have been games that we've watched where, and we've spoken about it in depth, the forwards haven't clicked. Like one of the first podcasts we did this year, we raved about Dublin's shot selection and their efficiency. It was something outrageous, like 87.5%. And you spoke about how the team prided themselves on getting to that level and hitting those targets. We've spoken about the depth that the squad have lost over the last while. Is there any worries about Dublin going forward?
1: I, I don't know, to, to be honest. And it's, you're talking about the, the depth going forward, and Andy's hit the nail on the head there. Mayo have to take. Or may have an option on, on Saturday night to take their two best attacking options and their two best defenders to take out Dublin's two key attackers in, in, in Conor Callaghan and, and Kirk Kenny. Dublin still have Cormacoslo, Dean Rock and Niall Scully. So Dublin have match winners. They probably have five in their forward line. And Paddy Small and his day, I put Paddy Small in the same bracket as, as Conroy and Niall. There's potential there to, to do but they probably haven't landed at that level yet. They're, they're still early in their career. Dublin have five guys that can win the match. So, if the two boys, Durkin wraps up Kilkenny, and like I say, Andy's saying, hope a lot there. And, and, and this is not me being biased. I'm just going on the facts of everything we've seen to date this season and over the last five years with these players. If Durkin wraps up Kilkenny and Ushi Mullen wraps up Conor Callahan, and have the game of their lives and the two boys don't score, Costello can still, still score five points from playing and Dean Rock can still score one five. So, so Dublin may not have 12, of course, that can do that of depth but they still have guys that can shoot the light. They are match winners all over the forward line. That's always been a trump card, that if you tie up one of them, someone else can pop up. That's the challenge on Mayo's side. I don't think Mayo have those guys. or I'm just, On what I've seen to date, they don't. But someone can arrive on Saturday night and have the game of their lives and do it. And that's what Andy's saying. There's just that hope there. Or does James Horan turn around and say, and take that risk. And, and I'm talking, I'm being asked a lot, on, on, on this part and just in general how do you beat Dublin and I always well you need to be brave and it, it being brave is talking about matchups there and saying James Horn goes to Paddy Durkin you know what we're going to leave Stephen Cohen and take a risk here and put Stephen Cohen on, on Kenny and Paddy you go because we need scores that's a brave decision to do and it could backfire but that's the challenge for Mayo so, so although Dublin, Dublin's depth has been questioned I still think they've five match winners in their forward line that, that that can that can pop up and win the game for them. So I'm not worried about that. I'm not. And on the, on the other side, that they haven't clicked. The style Mayo play it's man on man. The Dublin forwards want that. They want that. Kildare put 14 guys behind the defence. I don't know a forward in the country who enjoys playing against that. It's it's stagnant. It's slow. Dublin were slow and they were ponderous on the ball against Kildare. I accept that it wasn't their best performance, but They'll get opportunities for that cohesion. They get one-on-one opportunities against Mayo, and that's what they want. So I could be wrong, but that's I'm basing this. I know you can people say I'm oh, biased or you're, you're talking out your arse there because you're because you're an ex Dublin player. I'm basing this off of facts of what I've seen, and and that's why I'm confident for the game on Saturday. Man.
0: Andy, just off what Patty's saying there is there any chance that the County of Mayo have managed to keep a massive secret for the last few months and that James Horan has actually been setting Mayo up to play a, a stacked defense to break with pace? Because with the speed that Mayo have and the types of players that they have, you could argue that if, if they were trained in a certain way, they could possibly play that horrifically slow, stop the team and break from pace, you know, that, that blanket defense that we haven't seen for a couple of years. Is there any chance Mayo, James Horan is going to change tact and play a different style of football this Sunday.
2: Yeah, I think there's a question. Probably. Last year, last week, would we could we get Tommy Conroy, Mark, and Johnny Cooper in any stage? And if we do play that role, that that mismatch is never going to happen because they're always going to have three or four back, and that doesn't suit us. And to be honest with you, away from that is James. That's not James. Mm. James is he is. Joe, he he's going in there and he's, he's he's beating the chest. He's telling these guys that they're 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 ready to go. They're they're this is the time. Dubliner, Joe, they're 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 moved back to the pack a tiny bit. Here's your chance to go and get them. Filling the young fellas with confidence, telling them as as Paddy says, be as brave as you can. Get up in their faces. Evan Cumberford for taking a kick out. We squeeze the spaces. Let's see what we get on. And at times it will work. My my fear. My fear of it, and we always have fear, we already said that today, but my fear is, and not to reiterate Paddy's point, but Scully killed us last year, he killed us, um, he killed us from the first goal right up to the last last minute of the game, he was the best, in my view, he was the best player on the field on the night, he was just sensational, Uh but just say we go Oisin Khan, we go Paddy Kilkenny, and we go Lee on Paddy Small if he starts. Lee did quite well on him last year. Just say we do that. If that leaves Costello, Scully, Howard, how do we match up against them guys? That's the, that, to me, is the, is, the, is the danger. And the Bascals, uh, with their Westport connections, coming on, look sharp the last night. They were going to be dangerous coming on. Bungler coming on. It just leaves a lot for us to do our chance is to go for goal. We literally, we need to go for goal. At a time in basketball, there was a time in basketball where they literally just cut out that uh, fade away two-point shot because if you're going to do that, move back to the three-point and just shoot the bloody thing because you get more points for it. We nearly need to be thinking like that on Sunday. Go for the board. We, we need to we go for the goal. We have, or Saturday, we need to go for goal as much as we can to get as many chances as we can and I do believe that's our best chance winners. it and I do believe there's fellas on that team that can score goals. And I think they're right from Oisin Mullen to Paddy Durkin to Matthew Rowan to Jermyn O'Connor to Ryan O'Donoghue to Tommy Conroy. I do think they're goal scorers. And if we could get something off Aidan on the scoreboard, that'd be a huge plus. And that's where our chance lies. The stats still go at Dublin, as I say. But I do think we have... A, a, just a, just a, there, There's something saying to me, we, we have a right the, chance. And
1: I, this, uh, 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 in no way am I saying... Like Dublin Mayo games are always tight. Even last year's all are in the final. Like, say, after 50 minutes, it's it's right down to the wire there, and Dublin just pull away at the end. Mayo are going to bring, like you're talking, I'm basing off of facts I've seen so far why I'm back in Dublin to win this game. But there's also the facts of what Mayo are definitely going to bring every time they come to Crow Park. They're going to get in Dublin's face. They are one of the bravest teams when it comes to the play in Dublin, but I'm talking they might have been a little bit braver with their matchups and letting guys off the leash. But they are going to challenge Dublin. They are going to provide Dublin with a test that they haven't got, I would say, since the all Ireland final in 2019. Dublin cruised to an all Ireland championship last year. This season, through the whole National League, through the Leinster Championship, Mayo are going to ask questions of Dublin that they haven't been asked this year. So that is the intriguing thing. That's why I'm looking forward to this game. And there is a case for Mayo. he's right. If all of those things happen, and Aidan O'Shea does trouble the scoreboard of and the guys do get runners and they do get a couple of goals, but they are capable of doing, of course, Mayo can win the game. But I just think there's a lot of question marks for all of those things to go right and all of the things to go wrong for Dublin. So that's why I'm confident that Dublin will have enough to win this game on on Saturday night. I just do not think Mayo are going to get the scores on the board to take Dublin out. And and I think Dublin will win by four or five points. Can I ask a question about Aces in the pack, we'll say.
0: We spoke about the subs bench earlier on. We were on about it last week. I've been kind of harping on about this a a wee bit over the last while. When it comes to in-game decision-making, Andy, maybe you could talk about this because you're obviously standing on the sideline with the Balladrine seniors and the junior team and you have to make calls in the middle of a game. But it's obviously a a different setting when you're standing on the sideline. Jim Gavin could make a decision in the 2019 All-Ireland Final, Paddy, and bring on Dear McConnelly at halftime. He could bring on game changers. James Horan could do it the last day against Galway and bring on Kevin McLaughlin and Owen McLaughlin. Is that going to have an impact at the weekend? I I just felt like Costello coming off the bench. Mayo-Dublin games have very, very often been decided by match winners coming on. Kevin McMenamin making a difference coming on. Andy, you came on at the 2015 replay or the 2015 first game and, and was a big, big part in that game being turned on its head. Who has the better bench this weekend?
2: The, the, both benches, I think he's proved themselves. And it, it depends how Desi Ferris sets up his team. I think he'll go with McMahon. I think he's played McMahon. I think McMahon has done very well um, for him during, during, during all the games. I think he's done fine. Uh, and I, I think he'll go with him. I think he probably suits the likes of maybe Joe O'Connor Loftus or something that'. Put a detail on and just make sure that he he keeps him quiet for the game. I think he'd suit him. Now that flips Howard. Where does he use Howard? Then does he use Howard as a forward, as a wing forward, or does he use Howard off the bench? Huge decision. If like if he goes with one of the two of the three, Paddy uh, Paddy Small, Castle Locke, Who does he go with? Do you know? And that leaves two fellas there potentially on the bench that you didn't have before. Do you know? I. Mm. Personally, Paddy, I, I think it's mad not to start Howard, if I'm being honest, from wing forward. You probably know Oh, I'd, I'd play
1: Howard, yeah, yeah. Uh,
2: 100%. And I, I, I just think, so that probably leaves Rock, the two Bascals, Joe Bugler coming off the bench, which is quite strong.
1: I think he'll start, I think Dean will start as well, though.
2: Yeah, OK, so so that leaves it even more dangerous because... Paddy Small or Costco, it has to be Costco. So if it's Paddy Small that's dropping out, he's mm. dangerous coming off the bench. Like he is dangerous. Your tired legs, and he does that little goose step that he does, and he takes it on you, and you're tired. That, that, that's a free nearly, most certainly, nearly every time for him. And that's that that that's big risk for me. My bench is very, very interesting. See, I have absolutely massive time for Darren Cohen. He hasn't seen a lot of time this year. I, I think we were talking about him during the Leitron game, Tommy. Mm. er is one of these guys who for me, has the power, the pace, the size that can really challenge a Dublin. Uh, if you get in, interesting that he, James Durkin on the bench the last day, very quick player, Paddy's, Paddy's brother, like rapid, quick. Um, I think he'll probably see time. You've Jordan there who's seen a lot of minutes. You've got Colin Boyle, who's seen no minutes. And I just think it's uh, you know, it's, it's 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 a very interesting kind of, combo of who will make the best. If you're will,
0: looking- it, will the two McLaughlins start? Kevin and Owen?
2: That's one with right. an A and one with a C? Yeah, they might. I think they'll start one of them. I think Kevin McLaughlin has to start for me. If okay. he, like, If he doesn't start, yes, he's been brilliant. I was at the Westmead game. He was brilliant when he came on against Westmead. He was excellent. Excellent the last day when he came on. But for me, he just gives us something different. If you want to take the attention off Ryan Dunneau you need another playmaker there who's going to be able to kick the ball and release fellas. And for me, Kevin has to start. So that probably leaves Owen, which is very harsh on Owen because I think uh, his aerobic capacity really suits this game. But if you want something really exciting coming off the bench, as Paddy says, and you be a bit brave... You've got to leave one of them, I think. Um, yeah. it, depends, it
1: depends on which one he starts. to you know. Look, I think, Andy, you with the nail on the head, and we've touched on this, and been dancing around for, for the last number of weeks, and everyone has, but Dublin, bench bench, bench and the depth and all that type of stuff. Then they have to prove themselves. And, and that's what I'm saying, that, that there's guys, the Bascals, the Sean McMahon, you're right, I think he'll, he'll stay in the team. It's very similar to Robbie McDade last year, and, and Desi will be loyal. If a player hasn't done anything wrong, he's going to stay in the team but you're talking about the, the young Mayo guys, you're talking about Conroy and O'Donoghue, this, this is the absolute cream of the crop, as Declan Percy said, if you're as a Mayo player, you're going to be judged on how you perform against Dublin, this is the question you're being asked. And for the Dublin bench, they do have to prove themselves. There's young guys there, and who are we to say, Saturday might be the night where someone comes off the bench and they, they blow the hinges off and they arrive on the scene. Or, or Paddy Small is taken out of the team and, and all of a sudden he comes on and he's being his bonnet like Shane Kingston today in the hurling. That is what th- these guys, these younger players, it is an opportunity on Saturday in one of the biggest games you will play in in your entire career to announce yourself. That's the challenge for, for Mayo, some of their starting players, and it's the challenge for both benches. The impact of benches is going to be crucial from now on. And that's, there's question marks over both. There's no doubt about that. But somebody's got to come in, and somebody's going to make a difference. And that's that's what Desi and that's what James Horn are looking for. It's a bit unknown, though. It's not like the the Dublin of, of three or four years ago. we were bringing on economy. like that. That's a luxury not a lot of teams can can do. You know.
0: Well, Saturday evening, lads. Just after six o'clock, we'll be in it. We'll be right in the middle of uh, Dublin Mayo and the All Ireland football semi final for 2021. What we don't know yet is whether or not Sunday's All-Ireland Football semi-final will go ahead. As we're recording, um, we're expecting Tyrone to release results of their COVID tests on Monday. Will we just take it as face value as the game is going ahead this Sunday, Andy? Where would you like to go when we're talking about Tyrone and Kerry? Because it's going to be an unbelievable game whenever it does happen.
2: Yeah, I think Tyrone... um... Tyrone have done exceptionally well. I think Paddy Andrews said it. Uh, I don't know why I address you by your full title all the time. I like that. yeah,
1: Mr. Paddy Andrews.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Paddy, Paddy, Paddy has said uh, throughout the course and before the Donegal game, he was stating that it's huge for Logan and Doer. First year, win the Ulster, boys start believing, then OK, right, we're away. And I, I think that's that, that's important. Um but I think that's, that, that's where it's going to stop for Tyrone. And I, I don't mean that in a weird way. You know, the way I kind of really have a soft spot for Tyrone. Uh, I just like their players. I like the way they play. I think they're really building. But similar to Donegal in eleven, where they came really defensive. And then they brought it to a different level than in twelve. I think that's where Tyrone are going to end up going. I think they're going to be huge challengers moving forward into 2022, 2023. The main example I would give of that, why I don't think they're going to challenge Kerry, during the course of the league and championship this year, they've scored four goals. Now that's that's nuts. Like Kerry have scored twenty two goals. <laughs> uh, <laughs> seven games and and and, and um, Tyrone have scored four in the same amount of games. Wow. And and on top of that is Dave, McCurry is playing unbelievably well unbelievably well. Matty Donnelly's playing unbelievably well. Uh, McKenna came into it at times the last day Mark Bradley came into it at times but outside Mark Bradley as an inside forward none of them guys have actually scored a goal Kennedy scored a goal against uh, Cavan Peter Hart and Bradley scored goals against Armagh and against Kerry when they got that goal it was Tierney McKenna so they're literally not challenging the goal and there's no way I, th- I can see them getting within five six points of Kerry without at least getting two or three goals in that game, and I, I just can't see it happening. Where Kerry are like scored four against Galway, one against Dublin, like scored one eighteen against Dublin, three twenty one against Roscommon, six sixteen against Tyrone, three twenty two Clare, one nineteen four twenty two.
0: They're going for goal.
2: They're going for goal, and it's ab- it's huge. So, like, if you want to put up a total against Kerry, and you're not scoring, or you're not even. Challenging the goal, I can't remember a shot against Manon for goal. Can you? Did that? I don't think so. No,
1: the, the, the Donnelly chance at the end yeah. is obviously won back yeah. and, and dispossessed, but that's just a free that should never come about yet. Yeah, that's that, that play is not going to happen. On,
2: that's uh, Dublin, Sydney. uh, Paddy. Uh, if that's Dublin, that's Paddy Small, that's uh, Callan, Kilkenny, okay, that's, that's on your bag all day long. Yeah. And if that's Kerry there, that's that's been smashed, and for- like that's
0: Gavin White back at an F in 55 yards.
2: I don't, I don't. Yeah, I know, but, but, but like he was going for it. We're, we're, yes. getting, as Paddy said, first year, getting their system in place, getting the style mm. of play together, mixing that style of play from Mickey Hart now, bringing it more forward into a kick and style. And it'll probably go into the next phase of that in 2022. But from them stats, I would say that they're lacking that goal scoring threat. Um, and I think they'll, they, they'll struggle because of it
1: it's funny Andy you're I I agree I think Kerry are going to win this game and I think they're going to win by four or five points as well I actually think the other way is going to hurt Terrell I I think the speed at which Kerry are going to move the ball and have been moving the ball the cohesion they have if you look at Kerry will look at the second half of the Ulster final. They've reviewing that game, go, Monaghan win that second half, 9-5, and probably could win it by a bit more. They were, they were probably far the better team in the second half. But what did Monaghan actually do to hurt Toronto? The speed at which they moved the ball, they were penetrating, they were kicking the ball more. That's why uh, Colin Walsh and these guys Becoming link players in the half forward, and they were just getting the ball up the pitch probably three or four seconds quicker than they were in the first half. It was so pedestrian and allowed to to get this defensive system set with 12, 13 guys behind the ball and keeping Bradley, um, Matty Donnelly, and McCurry up front. Yeah. Kerry had the, the biggest strength. Kerry been moving the ball so quickly. The link players of Darren and Darren has been injured the last week. Paddy Clifford has having a season of his life as a link player. David Moran. Gavin White coming from deep, we touched on it, you know, Tipperary played to, tried to play this blanket defence against, against Kerry and Kerry just picked raw pace. They punch holes in it. Pace, pace, pace. Kerry's speed of play, the cohesion they have up front, I think that's going kind to... Of, it won't be six goals like it was in Killarney. Theron were all at sea. They were kind of caught between two stools. I think Theron would be far more solid. I think it'd be very much far more like the Ulster final than, than what you're seeing in Killarney at the end of the league. They're going to have bodies back. But the speed at which Kerry are moving the ball... I think they're going to rack up scores against Tyrone, And I, I think that's where they're going to win the game. I, I, I can't see Tyrone getting their defensive system set in time with the speed and the cohesion carry you've had up front. Like I said, they've been the most impressive attacking force to date.
0: Just on and, that and speed, I, just on that speed of play, someone involved in the Clare camp said to me that Potty Clifford has the ball in his hands and it's gone so quickly that it shouldn't even count as a possession. Like, it's, been, it's in his hands and bang, it's gone. If you think uh, I, that, about that goal that day where he intercepts it, barely takes half a step and he buries a 45-yard ball into Sean O'Shea's path for that goal.
1: Hmm. You compare that to the first half of the Ulster final where Monaghan was all was all lateral. It was very pedantic. It's pedestrian. They couldn't get the ball into their danger, man. Kerry are going to get the ball into David Clifford and Sean O'Shea as fast as possible. The, the interesting thing, and we're saying, like, my... If someone's asking for a tip, Kerry's going to win this game before he six points. The case for Tyrone is Hampstead and McNamee have the game of their lives and they tie up the two boys and that's interesting because they can do that. I was just about Hampstead to ask you that. Hampstead does have previous with this. So on the flip side, we're saying with Mayo, you haven't really seen Conroy and O'Donoghue do it at the highest level. Hampstead has Mark Murphy. He did it with McManus. He's got to be on Clifford. McNamee is an all-star back he's going to be detailed with Sean O'Shea. Sean O'Shea is still a young player. Those two guys are still young players. They haven't won in all Ireland yet. McNamee is around a long time. He'll have all the tricks to trade for trying to deal with Sean O'Shea. And the Throne defenders will have all the tricks to trade. A lot more verbals in the whole nine yards to deal with those guys. So there is a chance for Throne there. And on the other side, I know Andy said that they're not scoring a lot of goals, but if you're trying to beat Kerry, where you're looking at the full backline. That's how do we hurt Kerry? And Tyrone's full forward line, that's one of their that's one of their key strengths. I don't think McShane is, is at the level he was at. I don't think he's gonna start, but he'll come in. Maddie Donnelly's playing well. Like I say, McCurry is shooting the lights out. I I like Mark Bradley. I think he suits them. It allows he's the link player, it allows the two guys to play inside. That's an area where Tyrone can hurt them. And that's that is an area where they're gonna be looking to hurt them. That's the question marks over Kerry. Um I- and that's the interesting side on that side those matchups.
0: And he just picking up on that. I remember you talking about Mac Bradley last year being one of them with Michael Murphy and not taking him on. Mm. That, like you're talking about Mayo needing that rootlessness to go for goal. How easy is it to switch on that mentality the week of an All-Ireland semi-final? I don't know, whatever that switch is to become rootless. I don't know what it is, but how can you switch that on that we need to be going for goal?
2: Well, goals, lads, goals in championship football are hard things to get. I, like, when Murphy's going for that uh, penalty against Tyrone, I couldn't believe it, right, where Gerrachanian or Rivers commentating on the game says, Michael Murphy lining up to score his 10th championship goal. Now, outside the Dublin team, who have won six in a row, right? Murphy, if does a transfer window, every other county would take him. Like, yes. every other county. He's one of the best Gaelic footballers that have ever laced his boots. And he's nine championship goals. He was going for his tenth. He missed the penalty, obviously. Like, that is insane, right? So it's a really hard skill to do. And the, the guys that can do it, likes Dean Roth, likes of Gillian O'Connor, these guys are, are not, don't come around too often. Yeah, um, um, it, 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 So I would say it's exceptionally difficult. McCurry, for, he had the chance against Donegal. Do you know where McCurry really confident in front of going in for the next? He, he probably chips he probably yeah. chips uh, because that's the sort of player he is. Um, you have Matty Donnelly, who's not used to being in there. He's only new to me in there, so it, it, it's a really hard skill to do. And like to have any chance of doing it, like it used to take me practice and writing down. I want to score goals. I want to score goals. I only scored eleven or twelve goals myself, Paddy. I don't know what you. It's a really tough skill to do. Mm-hmm. And um, to, so to answer your question in in a roundabout way. It's, it's, it's to switch it on is unbelievably difficult to switch it on when you have to play Frank Burns in front of your three makes it really difficult because then they have an extra defender back there straight away so it makes it really difficult do I think they have a Brian Hurley who could take a foley up the inside line I don't think they have that player I actually don't think they have that player and uh, that's why I think it's going to be really difficult for them to score goals
1: I think Maddie Donnelly is a brilliant player well McCurry's a brilliant player but they're brilliant point scorers. Like you hit the name, like Cillian O'Connor, Connor Callahan, Dean Rock. I'd actually put Costello's very similar as well. It's just a mentality that they're, they're finished their goal scorers. Like McCurry will kick points from the sideline. Spectacular. Mm-hmm. Matty Donnelly, the same. Dummy Solos. But he's not going to burn a guy and rattle one into the top corner. That's just not their game. And that's why Look, look we, we sat down it's funny Like as good as the, both these games are going to be we sat down the very first pod before we even started to do this and said the All-Ireland final is going to be Dublin and Kerry nothing has changed in that regard I think the Mayo-Dublin game is going to be a brilliant game I think the Tyrone-Kerry game is going to be a brilliant game but you're making there's too many unknowns too many things have to go perfectly well for Tyrone they need to shut down two of the best forwards in the country this year and on the flip side, their guys need to shoot the lights out and score goals they haven't been scoring. Mayo, to win against Dublin, they need guys who never performed at that highest level to perform and they need their defenders to shut down the key Dublin forwards. There is a case that both of those things can happen. But I just think, I, I, I just think, despite as good as both these games are going to be, it's going to be Dublin and Kerry and the All-Arts fine. Which everyone kind of thinking when we said, we could have done that four months ago. <laughs>
0: Ask question How much of an influence can Conor McKenna have on the game, Andy?
2: I think he had a huge influence on last week's game. I like it, it takes people a long time to settle back into settle back into Gaelic football. It's a seventy minute game where you don't get a rest, you don't get an interchange. So it takes people a long time to get back in. Very few people have transitioned back from Australian rules to Gaelic football. And I think his influence, where they can use him for that long kick-out where he flicks an on, he had two last, late flick-ons last week. Yeah. Uh, huge. Yes, there's a sense where you're thinking this man could get sent off here fairly quick. And there is a sense where he could give it, give the ball away in, in a vital situation. But he, he's box office in what he can do in the influence he gives them. I think they have great confidence in him. Um I, I think the game will come. It might come on Sunday, but the game will come in 2022 where he literally just settles into it. And then he's just the Gaelic footballer again. I don't think he's there yet, okay. but I think his influence around that around the, the, the edges of that, uh, that uh, Tyrone attack is huge.
1: Can I just say one thing on it, and we're talking about match and an interesting thing that it, I, I'm really looking forward to. We, we touched on on Gainey at wing forward at Gini's role this year. Mm. Kerry are kind of shoehorn him into wing forward and it, it, it kind of get away with in the Munster Championship because he's got to get scores and he got a couple of goals against Cork and he's kind of settling in. Tyrone are going to target a running game against Kerry and, and, and from our experience playing against Kerry you're always questioning the Kerry forward's going back the other way. That's an area where Tyrone and Logan and Duhor are going to be like get after him make Clifford because Clifford's not great going back as a to his own goal he doesn't need to be he's not asked to do that role but Toronto are going to target that and they're thinking Niall Slutton could be wing back on Paul Gini or Tierney McCann could get the start at wing back and Geaney's going to be asked to do basically mass runs up and down the side of the pitch chasing these guys there, there are areas where Toronto Tyrone are going to have a game plan the, the end of the National League was nonsense they that is not how this game is gonna play out. They're gonna target individuals, they're gonna try and get their running game going and ask these questions of Kerry. That's where they can win the game. That's the case for them. But I, I just think the speed at which Kerry are gonna move the ball at is, is gonna be enough. That they're not gonna have the answers to leave with that, I feel.
0: Really interesting stuff, lads. I can't I can't decide whether I want it to happen this weekend, Kerry Tyrone, and we have a box office weekend where Getting oh, football steals yeah. the show, or we have another week to talk about it the following week. So look, we'll wait and see what happens. So this Jesus has been Christ. episode 14 of the Football Pod. I saw Paddy Andrews yawning um, about an hour ago. And it's about now, midnight. No, yeah. it it's a four-hour I podcast. I don't blame you. Yes. I don't blame you. Let's go you. to
1: work in 10 minutes.
0: I'm sorry about it. I'm, look, I'm up at 6am in the morning. Are we, are, we, are
1: we going to the game? Can we at least get two or three tickets to go to the match every
0: uh, night? Are we going? Yeah, I, I, I think, we're, I think <laughs> we're going. Yeah, I, I haven't. It's not in my, yeah, it's not my but, job. That's not my job to sort out the tickets. Like. That's not I my have job. Be, like.
2: I have to be there when we all stop this Dublin train. Yeah, you need, you deserve <laughs> to be
1: there. You have a load of ears Andy. You don't need to go there on Saturday. You don't, I'll text you the result.
0: <laughs> but that's episode 14 of the Football Pod. Paddy Andrews, thank you very much. Andy Moore, thank you very much. Last week was actually our most listened to podcast to date, lads. You'd be, oh. you'd be glad to know. So it's been growing week on week. Even I'm getting recognised in the streets. So that's telling you something. Um, So keep sharing the podcast. Subscribe. Let your friends know. Let your pals know. Let your dads know and your moms know to listen to it because they're going to enjoy it. And uh, yeah, we're going to be back next weekend after the All-Ireland semi-finals. Thanks, guys. (laughs) See
2: you guys.